Welcome to the daily objective. It's day 101 or two of the war. 101. Um, I'm joined by Morgan. How's it going, Morgan? Not too bad, Razi. How are you? I'm okay. I mean, we're talking about our uh, favorite uh, terrorist uh, money laundromat, UNRWA. So, uh, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, what, what could be better? So the context for this is uh, UN Watch, which, you know, does a fantastic job generally on monitoring the UN and exposing things that, that they do. Um, and, and of course, the, the worst thing the worst things that they do are always in, in the context of Israel. Uh, they uh, published a, a story about what actually we talked about a couple of weeks ago on the show, the UNRWA telegram group they had previously published a report about unra uh how how kids are indoctrinated in unra schools uh funded by the us and and other countries uh to basically educate the next generation of terrorists um an education system that uh achieved achieved its goal in a very big way on october 7th so uh, the spokesperson for uh, Antonio Gutierrez, the um, the Secretary General of the UN, was asked about this. Uh, first, he kind of dismissed UN Watch. He said, well, UN Watch has a track record. Yeah, they have a track record on calling you out on the bullshit that you do. Uh, he, he doesn't he doesn't appreciate that. And um, and then he he basically he said, we're looking into it, but he dismissed it. And you can dismiss things when you have unlimited power and unlimited funds. So, uh, yeah, we're we're uh, going to delve into that a little bit more. Morgan, your your thoughts on this? I think the United Nations is a bit, or not not just a bit, but is is far too defensive about UNRWA. Um, the the criticism of UNRWA, just for anyone who doesn't keep up on all of these sort of uh, United Nations alphabet agency, bureau, you know, bureaucratic little organizations. Um, it's not new. It's it's not just started since the conflict's broken out. It's gone over. It's gone on for years, for a very long time, if not really decades. I'd have to say. Um, and you can find articles even just from the last five years talking about all the problems with it. Um, less serious problems compared to what we're talking about in this context, but problems of unaccountability, corruption, and all that kind of stuff. And <clears throat> the real problem, which we're talking about, which is a foisting anti-Semitism onto the next generation. And so therefore elongating the conflict. And so then the same to the United Nations, which is supposed to be the the people who solve all the international problems and who bring peace are actually perpetuating conflict. It might be indirectly, but that's what they're doing. Um so I think the response that you would have liked to have seen for the United Nations, even if it's just from a representative for one of their officials, one of their major officials, um, would have been soul searching, taking this seriously, um, understanding the gravity of the problem. And that what actually you get is kind of hand waving criticism of the group that called them out on this um, was not very impressive. I think you should have we should have we should expect a lot more from the United Nations, considering what it claims to represent, considering how much money they get sent, uh, considering the impact they could have on the world stage and the negative impact they do have. So th those are my my opening thoughts, I guess. You're muted still. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm new to Zoom. So, you know, there's always there's always this question that comes up with uh, evil people 
you know, do they see themselves as evil? Do they see what they're doing as good and it just uh, comes out? And, and you know, in some cases, I mean, we talk here about Jeremy Corbyn. Uh, we also talk a lot about that woman who had that uh, clip where she says from the nation to the sea and then the mountains and she doesn't know what she's talking about. Uh, she's in a different category than the people at the very top of an organization spend their life you know, in that organization, knowing how planning what it is that they do. Um, you cannot say about such people that they don't know better. Now, they're following their their morality, um, you know, so maybe according to that, they're not evil. But do they, do they know, uh, I mean, according to their morality, they're not evil. Do they know that what they're doing is causing is causing damage? Uh, it's cause, we're still on the air. We had a little bit of a glitch, but yeah. Uh, do they know that they're causing damage, they're causing death, they're causing destruction, and that uh, this is what will this is what will continue to happen from their actions? I'm absolutely certain that they know this, and and I'm talking about the leaders of the UN. I'm not talking about uh, the people uh, the people on the ground in in Gaza, which of course there's no question that they openly state um, that that is their goal, and we will. Um, have a clip in a bit when uh, our producer is back but uh yeah yeah um and this report <clears throat> that UN watch did it was, it was only five days ago by the way i don't you said it was weeks ago maybe the time is passing uh slowly for you but it would you know it's only in the last few days really um this isn't even the first thing that UNRWA has to very seriously account for um as i say but then also, i was referring further back in history but since the conflict has broken out um there have been things that they need to take very, very seriously. One of the hostages, I think this was in November, perhaps, I can't remember exactly when, um, reported that they were kept in the attic, excuse me, of an owner, a teacher. And that this guy um, had not only taken him hostage, which is of course bad enough, but had been extremely, you know, neglectful, hadn't really given him food or water. Um, even though this person, if they were, you know, this guy was apparently like a found a father of 10 children, whatever, but that's irrelevant. Um, but one of their teachers was was holding one of the hostages, um, which means this guy sh should just be considered part of Hamas, really, shouldn't it? I appreciate there are multiple groups on the ground who aren't exactly savory, but they should be considered to basically be employing a member of Hamas. And they'll be, they'll be employing many of them, really. Um, so the, the fact that there hasn't been more criticism of UNRWA is really terrible. And what we need to be seeing is a, is a real reckoning for this organization. Yeah, uh, just uh, to answer Joe's question, uh, is there any website which shows the uh, organizational structure? Uh, uh, check out the check out the reports um, in on, on UN Watch. I don't know if there's exactly what you're looking for. I think there might be. Um, thanks, Michelle, for the kind comment. She said that I recently found your channel, but it has... Fast become my favorite from Cape Town, South Africa. Michelle, thank you. Make sure you tune in tomorrow for the reality show when we talk about the title for that is South Africa versus South Africans. Um, and I'll I'll keep the rest a mystery. Uh, yeah, it is relevant that the teacher, that this is a teacher and he's a father of 10 children because this is a person who has control over, who has you know some control over what the next generation of, of Palestinians uh looks like and it's going to look very much like the the october 7th generation there is nothing nothing in the works that is uh attempting to change and not only that there, there is there is something in the works that makes sure it's going to 
it's going to stay as it is. And that something is UNRWA. So this Telegram group had 3,000 teachers on it. Uh, and, you know, and, and you see those posts and not 3,000 of them posted. But uh, I, I don't know that there was uh, any significant pushback against it. And again, why should there be significant push pushback? Who's going to say no? Um, we've talked about Western guilt and how I, I often look at it and think Western Western leaders, when they do what's right, it, it seems like they're trying to do as little of what's right as they can possibly get away with and, uh, you know, rock the boat as little as possible. So we see that with the military action by Israel. We see that with the military action by the U.S. Uh, and the U.K. against the Houthis. We see that with America's support for Israel, which is, you know, we're going to support them because we, they're Western and, and so on and they're our ally. But we're going to do it as apologetically as possible, and we're going to say, yeah, we need we need to uh, keep sending aid to uh, to the Palestinians, and that aid, of course, goes through uh, through UNRWA. So I don't see this really changing in any significant way. Uh, you know, what's what's going to stop it? Um, <clears throat> what's going to stop UNRWA changing, or what's going to stop what? Yeah, what's going to stop UNRWA from being what it currently is and and what it has always been? Yeah, I think so. These organizations like the United Nations are, are bureaucratic behemoths. You know, there's an absolutely huge amount of red tape processes take quite a long time. Um, it's an organization I would hate to work for. I have to say, I imagine procurement on any kind of level is is just a nightmare. Um, and, and and securing change from the outside of the United Nations therefore can be quite difficult. Um, and perhaps even from the inside, it's quite difficult. And I suspect what you have is basically layers and layers and layers of the bureaucracy and basically a few people at the top who might not be able to do things on the minute level, but who can pull huge levers of change if they were so inclined. Um, but even they will have a lot of checks and balances and restrictions on what they can really achieve. Um, so the guy who's the consulate general of UNRWA, whose name's completely escaping, is Philippe something, he's Swiss. Um, he is the one who basically we would need to see change coming from. But he's also got this vested interest basically in UNRWA continuing basically as it is. Um, he was he was appointed in 2020. Um, we haven't seen big change. The only thing that he's complained about, the problem with UNRWA being, he, had, he wasn't installed basically as a reforming uh, consulate general. He um, he complained that basically politics was getting in the way of him having enough funding, uh, which wasn't a very impressive complaint. Um, but if change were going to, if it were going to change, it would be coming from these kind of people. Um, but given their actions and given that their interest is basically in being defensive, it seems, that's certainly how uh, this representative speaking on behalf of um, Antonio Gutierrez seemed, I don't think we really have much hope of that. Um I think basically hope for change with the United Nations is going to come in the long term. Um, and if it does come from within, it's not going to be anything, it's not going to be change we can affect. It's going to be from people on the inside in smoke-filled rooms talking to each other and uh, affecting this change. So I don't know, but do you think change will come from elsewhere? How do you think change will come? I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's some hope if when they say they're looking into it. I mean, UNRWA has only been around since 1949, so maybe uh, they just haven't had time yet. And and now is the moment, but no, I have, I have zero hope because look at the UN at every level. UNRWA maybe is the is the you know most uh, in your face example of what the UN is, but uh, you know this is uh, this is what the UN 
has always done. And the UN, remember, this is an organization where every country counts equally, not in terms of funding, where it's something like 25% US money. And of course, very heavily, uh, the rest is also Western money. But in terms of votes, every country is equal. And most countries in the world are run by bad people. I mean, you know, worse people than the bad people in power in, in Western countries, really bad people. And they get an equal vote. So, uh, yeah, this is this is why, uh, as we've mentioned, you know, and, and also something uh, the UN Watch reports on, which is in the United Nations General Assembly in 2023, there were 14 votes against Israel and seven votes on other matters. Uh, it's, it's this is what the organization is. I mean, what kind of change can we hope for for next year to have 13 votes against Israel, maybe eight votes on other countries? Uh, how would anything significant change there. I I don't see it happening. Thank you, Bonnie, for the super chat. Thank you, Iron Meerkat, for the super chat. Iron Meerkat says, I changed my mind. The IDF does not uh, does need to fight according to the laws of war, those written in the Old Testament. Um, we should, might, should they should they be collecting foreskins or something as well? Or? I, I don't know what exactly. I think I think he's not 100% serious about that. But uh, but yeah, certainly shouldn't be fought by the laws of war um, as as they are today. Daniel, if we have that clip ready, um, there's there's a, uh, a clip of some Palestinian children uh, who were educated in the UNRWA education system in the West Bank. Uh, let's hear a little bit of what they have to say. <laughs> yeah we we get the point uh I, I think there was more of that and of course you know this is this is you know a few a few students who were there i mean some of this it's uh it's disturbing on so many levels you know you when you hear this from adults it's it's less disturbing for some reason to hear it's still uh, it's, it's it's still clear when it's an adult you also say okay this is clearly the enemy you know you need to you need to kill them before they get uh, they put their plan into action when it's kids um you know what are you going to say and, and you, again you've been indoctrinated that way your entire life uh, what hope do you have they still have free will uh, you know, but there's it, it, it's a much more difficult process to to be raised like that and become a decent human being. Uh, just a couple of points they make there. You know, one of the one of the kids says we were expelled. I don't know where that kid was expelled from, but 
I don't think he ever lived in, in Jaffa. He lists names of cities, all of them, uh, or, or most of them Israeli cities. Uh, so not in Gaza, not in the West Bank. And, and the whole the whole idea is they will return and the Jews will be removed. And as you saw, preferably by killing. Also, when they talk about settlers, it needs to be made clear this is not what uh, settlers are under supposed international law. It is all Israelis. All Israelis are settlers, according to that. Yeah. So, yeah, they don't mean the settlements in the West Bank. They, they mean the whole region. Um, it's I agree. It's awful hearing that stuff because um children are blank slates the ideas are impressed upon them or you know taken in and accepted um so this is this is propaganda which they have been fed and they're saying that they get it from their schools um <clears throat> so this you know this if people hadn't really heard of UNRWA before this should really cause you to reflect on its role in perpetuating the conflict um it also actually what you get from them there are, is a good indication of some of the key ideas that need to combated to be combated if you want to see a cessation of the conflict. So the, the idea of the right of return, um, that's something that needs to be undermined completely. And then also the idea uh, that he was expelled, that's something that UNRWA very much perpetuates. Their whole idea of being a Palestinian refugee is that anyone who lived uh, you know, in this area between 46 and 48, um, who was then expelled, and all of their male descendants or all of their descendants is something like that is the definition, uh, count as Palestinian refugees. So that's why UNRWA claims to this day there's, I think, is it 5.6 million refugees, something like that. So probably this kid would count. Um, that's presumably why he's saying that he's been expelled, even though he's he will have never been to these places, presumably. Um, so that's a piece of pernicious nonsense that yeah. UNRWA could do with getting rid of for a start, except, of course, they're not, and they're teaching this to children. And also, if you look on their website, the thing the way they say that they'll change that definition is if there's a vote by the UN General Assembly. So in effect, if you if you get this hulking behemoth to turn around, turning around a battleship, be a very difficult thing to do. You'd need to get a lot of the countries involved to agree, which it seems like they're, they're probably almost certainly not going to. Um, so this is how UNRWA perpetuates these kind of things. And these poor kids, um, one hopes they can grow up and change their minds. That's going to be very difficult. Um, the only kind of hope I think we have for that happening is if we look at the guy whose name I'm completely blanking on, because of course I am, but who's the son of one of the Hamas founders. Uh, if you remind me, Razi, what is it? What's his name? Uh, Mossab. Forget okay, it. Like yeah, yeah, that, that guy, right? Uh, yeah, um, people, people know who we're talking about, probably. Yeah. So that guy, to, he would have been, you know, basically indoctrinated in a way probably more deep. Oh, there we go. Down to Mossab Hassan Youssef. There you go. Um, he will have been, you know, neck deep in this stuff, even more than these kids will have been really, you'd have to think. And for him to have come out of it and to have the perspective he does is really quite encouraging. So whilst it's not hopeless, um, I don't feel particularly hopeful having seen that video. Um, yeah. So that that's my reaction to it. Yeah, uh, I see El Rito in the chat says there's no point where you can say, OK, this is an innocent child. But as of a minute ago, he's now accountable for his ideas. So as as I've been saying, and I think this point needs to be repeated, children are always innocent when they say that. Uh, yeah, somebody put it in their head uh, when when they shoot at you, somebody put the gun in their hands. They are still innocent. That doesn't mean that their innocence uh means that you should accept death if the gun is in their hands rather than defend yourself. It doesn't mean that in the context of war, you shouldn't bomb 
you know, a school or a hospital because that's where the terrorists hide because that's useful for their propaganda machine, uh, you know, or, or propaganda campaign. Uh, but yeah, moral in terms of moral judgment, you do not judge a kid for repeating what has been put in his head. You judge the people who put it, put that in his head. Um, there's this, uh, there's this great line by, um, uh, Jonah Goldberg, uh, in an article he wrote in the dispatch, uh, just recently, a couple of days ago, he says, uh, remember when you used to ask your Albert algebra teacher, will I ever use this in real life? Students in Gaza never asked that when covering the need to kill Jews. Um, that's yeah. terrible, Razi. That's 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 really terrible. I mean, it's it's terrible. But look, this is uh, you know, again, this is what they learn in their, their schools. So we, you know, we look at our school system and, and have a lot of criticism for it, and I think we're right to have it. Um, but they are really indoctrinated with murder as the only purpose uh, that they have in life. And, and again, this is why, this is why when we talk about, you know, the Palestinian, uh, the Palestinian, we, we had an episode titled the Palestinian people are the enemy or Palestinian civilians are responsible for October 7th. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that th these ideas are so ingrained and, and we're funding a future that guarantees that this doesn't change. So, so when we do these shows, by the way, we're not doing them in the hope that somebody in Gaza watches this and changes their mind, although that's not impossible. We're doing it in the hope that people on the good side of, of, uh, of this war realize that they're doing bad things that guarantee that this war in, in the current round and in the long term cannot be won if you don't recognize the enemy. And it certainly cannot be won if you keep funding the enemy, you know, th this enemy that sits their headquarters sit in in uh, western countries uh their their funding comes from us uh the un in general unra in particular we are paying for this we are paying for the books that say uh, for the for the teachers with their salaries of the teachers the schools themselves that tell kids your only purpose in life is to kill jews you know if you if you die along along the way you die a glorious martyr's death and uh you know go to heaven yeah, and so since we're on the Iron Rand Center UK, um, something that people should get from Rand's work if they if they haven't thought about this before, is that Rand puts a lot of stress on the way that the ideas and the values you hold in will determine your actions. Basically, you still have free will, but it's people act in accordance to their to the ideas they believe to be true. And so, if these people are basically indoctrinated into anti-Semitism, then they're going to continue to act in this way. And there's a lot that goes on sort of on Twitter or online um, of people <clears throat> reposting videos of the aftermath of a bomb strike where you can see the bodies of children who have died. Um, and those videos are really terrible. I remember the first time I think I watched one of them, the moment I realized they were dead was because they were lying in positions that people that weren't comfortable for people to be lying in. Basically, you know, their, their limbs were strewn all across the place. There's blood everywhere. It's awful. And people will say, um, we'll hold Israel responsible for this now it's an, it's an israel rocket that killed them but it's a very shallow way of thinking if what people need to understand is that that end result is the consequence of these ideas being taught to these kids and it's the kids <clears throat> who are ultimately the victim not just in the sense that they've been indoctrinated into a barbaric evil way of thinking um but then when the 
organization that's built on and supported by anti-Semitism then launches an attack onto Israel, which Israel then retaliates against, quite rightly, and all these kids get caught up in it. The people who are responsible are people like Hamas, but it's also people like UNRWA who are perpetuating the ideas. Um, so that's the criticism that needs to be made. And it needs to be made very fiercely. And the fact that it's not being made so in the West is really terrible. And one of the things we're going to be speaking about on the reality show next is some of the marches that have gone in London. And some of the people you see speaking at these marches uh, are terrible. We're talking about one of them who's speaking, but also just there was an interview I saw with this young girl whose whole perspective on this conflict seems to be Western nations are propping up an evil regime in Israel, which just wants to kill people. And no, that's not the case. Um, this is the consequence of all these ideas having been uh, nurtured and perpetuated in this region for a long time by one of by organizations, one of which is the United Nations Relief Works Agency or administration, whatever the actual full name is. So I think that's something we need to be hearing much more of. Yeah. And when you say, you know, it's a shallow way of looking at it, saying, uh, looking at the bodies and saying it's Israel's fault because it's an Israeli missile. It's we need to repeat the, the fact that it's a shallow way of looking at it. If you're just somebody, maybe young, who's just watching the news and who's being told, uh, who, you know, who's being told that, although, again, you you have much less of an excuse than the, the Palestinian kids that we saw in that video. Uh, you should know better. There are other voices that you can hear in Western countries like this channel. Um, but we need to remember that it's it's not a shallow way of looking at it from the leaders of the anti-Israel movement, the people, the people at that march, the people who were um, speaking. And and by the way, yeah, we'll we'll get to we'll get to the guy from yesterday who said we need to uh, what was it normalize massacres or or something something it's to normalize massacres, yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, you know he knows exactly what he's saying. People standing with him know exactly what they're saying. The, um, the the people in the crowd cheering, some of them know what he's saying and, and uh, still cheer it. So, yeah, it, when you look at the at the leaders, the intellectual leaders in the West, you need to hold them accountable for um, either, you know, allowing this to happen, supporting it or not standing up to it strongly enough because when i say you know I, we're not hoping for anybody in gaza to change their mind i'm also not hoping for an owen jones uh or jeremy corbyn to change their mind by watching this channel because they they are in the group that uh in the camp of no better and still do it i'm hoping that maybe somewhere um you know on the on the fence there are people who really haven't uh, uh thought this through or, or even people on the israeli side haven't thought of how how important it is on the level of ideas to to fight this battle and to realize who the enemy is and the enemy uh not just in in um, gaza in the west bank um but the enemy within and the un is certainly an enemy within it's literally you know most of our viewers are from the us it's it's within your borders uh at the very least kick it out and stop funding it here here i don't have much else to add to that well, we will have much more to add on the reality show. Uh, yeah, as Morgan, as you mentioned, uh, we will be talking about the, the the protest in London a couple of days ago, the guy who said um, we should normalize massacres. We'll also be talking about, well, the title of the video is Turkey is the new Iran. So what do we mean by that? 
uh, you have to stay tuned or tune in. It's two minutes from now if you're watching live and on the channel if you're uh, not watching live. Morgan, your Substack. Uh, yeah, it's going under a name change at the moment, uh, which should have been finalized by today. There you go. I'm terrible with deadlines. But at the moment, it's still just called Morgan's Newsletter. But I've got a name in mind and you'll see that. So go all subscribe and you'll find out what the new name is going to be. That is in the live chat and in the description. I'm at Razi Ginsburg on X. Thanks, everybody, for watching. And we'll see you on the reality show in a couple of minutes.